sacrificing time in the modern world is sort of the equivalent to goats and cattle and horses and materials of value. Well, I guess that that kind of begs the question, though. Is the sacrifice the act of giving up, or is the sacrifice doing something for the gods? Well, we'll figure this out. (laughs) You said go first, so I went first. (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying to continue it. I don't know. But doesn't that... I mean, when I started to think about the, the... the topic when I saw the topic and thought, oh boy, I would try to want would want to try to say something reasonable. It seems to me that we have two different ideas about or two different things in in the world today about sacrifice. One is sacrifice to give up something, but the other thing is that um, you know the whole idea about making something um, making something holy is it holy because you give it to the gods? Um, how you know how does that work as well? Usually, it's about giving up something, but it also is about making a holy gift. I think in some way. I'd have to disagree with you. Okay. The the the, the holy principle we have regarding sacrifice, the one rubric, the one watchword that we all are on top of and all are like, yes, 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 is gift for gift, mm-hmm. and that we have to give something to get something. So it's not so much that. My two cents is not so much that, you know, here's this something awesome which I'm flushing down the toilet or, or tossing into the fire, as much as this is something which I put, you know, my time, my effort, my m- piece of myself, but in doing so, I have, I, I have gathered the skills, the expertise, the, uh, you know, to get to this point and, you know, to, to come up with this object or poem or what, whatever x is that you have basically structured this you know you laid that well of weird to get there and i see it as as a you know more of more of a jenga puzzle of this i'm making this this box this you know this piece of art which i have gone through my my lifetime to get to and to to make it a good sacrifice my two cents is that it should be a part of yourself that it should mm-hmm. be a part of something that comes from you and it hurts to give it up because you put in that much effort. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that, okay, I'm foregoing X, Y, or Z to get there as much as this, this is, it's just a piece of me, just. Right. So really there's two things going on here. There's what the ancients think about what sacrifice was and what do we think about what sacrifice is. Because hmm. I don't think what you said was like I think there's an awful lot of modern context in that. Oh, I don't disagree with that. So. <laughs> I I did actually do the homework that took me the the thirty seconds to pull up off North Vigor, the <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely passage which I uh, fawn all over about when I when I talk about sacrifice. From uh, I'm sure I'm butchering this, but Hindyaloth is the is the story in the poetic edda is is the lay the lay of Hindalta stanza 10 which i'm happy to read to you of for me a shrine of stones he made and now to glass the rock has grown oft with the blood of beasts it was red in the goddesses ever did otter trust and this is the basically the the, the background to this is this is freya talking about her guy otter whom clearly she has some sort of relationship with in some way, shape, or form. 
and is telling this giantess, uh, Hindiloth, and trying to get the giantess to give this blessing upon, upon Otter. And basically what it's speaking of is Otter's a good guy. Why is he a good guy? Because he gives to the gods, and specifically the, the goddesses. The, the Asenir, I believe, is the, the, the direct word used. And my, my construction of what my, my opinion of, of sacrifice, uh, the, that, that, that is, I think, the, the starting point for that. That you give by giving the gifts of your effort, of your, uh, of your time, effort, and self, that you get back the gift of the, the blessings of the gods. I mean, if we want to take it to a linguistics point, the word... Sacrifice technically does come from to make sacred, but I also agree with you that in a modern context, the, ter- the concept of reciprocity comes in as well as a gift for a gift. So what is the word for sacrifice to try to get it away from the Latin, you know, make holy, make sacred? What is the, what is the word in any of the northern languages that sums up the idea of sacrifice? Maybe we're getting a modern concept of that from the fact that we've got all this Latin stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. in, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, certainly the word bloat yeah. is, is blood. Yes. It, and back in the day, that was absolutely the, 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 the coin. The, the expectation was you took Bessie, you whacked Bessie, and shared a large portion of the blood, the meat, mm-hmm. with the gods. Yeah. And... Obviously, we don't do that too much today, mostly because, uh, obviously, folks don't live on a farm, so don't have access to that sort of stuff. Well, that, that was also terribly valuable currency there. I mean, when you look at what the survival rates were and, the, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, if you lived to 80, you went through four, fam- you know, four high mortality famines when you're giving up this currency that could sustain you and your family for possibly one more day or whatever, that's, you know, that's real sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, in taking that another step, I'm not entirely certain that we can even begin to equate that in the modern world, like you said, because this cow, this sheep, you know, this, this reindeer, whatever, was life, and without it, you could die. You know, mm-hmm. How much of that do we really have in the modern world? I mean, how much can we really sacrifice and, you know, put our lives in direct jeopardy, you know, so. Yeah. It's, you know, it it can't be translated. So we've got to come up with something a little different. Yep. For for better or for worse, when we can just, oh, no, we're hungry. Let's go down to Stop and Shop. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, (laughs) this is a a light years of different worlds from, okay, well, we have to choose the the cow or our kids. That's the kind of decisions they had to make. Mm-hmm. Which might get back to the whole thing about a gift for a gift if we're trying to figure out what was actually going on there in terms of that offering. And th- that would be the question, another question, which is, is it an offering, which is, I think, a little bit different from a gift for a gift somehow. So in order to try to translate that into what we could do, which would be our equivalent, which we have to do with lots of other things or some other things at any rate, it's more maybe about trying to get at the heart of what that sacrifice or the giving of that blood was, which is obviously 
life itself because the animal was and then it was not when the the work was done but also what do we have that we could give that would be the equivalent for that and what is there a contract going on there gift doesn't really suggest contract though oh i disagree no you don't think so especially back back in the viking age when you gave something it was a contract there, there was a social contract if nothing yeah, else okay Yeah, there there was an expectation Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you're going to, oh, this guy's giving me stuff. Okay, he must be awesome. And I owe him a favor. So some of what this is, is is I think trying to identify and work through what, you know, what the English words that we use nowadays means. Usually when someone gives a gift nowadays, ideally, there's no strings attached. That may be idealistic, really, on my part. Um, which is a little different than the whole idea of of social contract, I think. Well, here's you give gifts to uh, strangers more than you give gifts to friends and people who are close to you. Mm. You don't have to. I, I, it's a rhetorical question. No, I understand. Yeah. And I think that we give gifts to people near us to, like what the Habermas said, "Let the grass not grow high between the houses of friends." Or I paraphrase it, but you know, gifts giving gifts is a way of making you closer, binding your, you know, yourself to another person. And if it's mutual, then, you know, gift So much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and on the other side of that, if you mistreat someone, expect the mistreatment in return. Now, I think it's also interesting, What one of the other points in, in the Poetic Edda, which I can't put my fingers on right now, is there, there's a specific edict in there and it's not giving over much. Yes. And my interpretation of that is... Certainly back in the day, back in the Viking Age, you could not afford to give the entire cow to the gods, and you'd be a fool for doing so. And basically is a a tacit acknowledgement of, look, you are trying to build a relationship. You're Mm -hmm. not trying, this isn't, you know, a potlatch kind of trying to one-up. This is kind of, you're supposed to be giving something of yourself for the the relationship. That's the key. Also, some of it then becomes don't be greedy. If I mean, if a gift demands a gift and you're constantly giving, you may be able to give, but if the recipient can't afford to reciprocate, then they've been now put in a bad position. And so I always kind of took it to mean don't you know don't be greedy with your giving if that if such a thing is possible. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, there, I think that is that's very true. Like, there's that's basically saying that. It's it's not a simple thing where you where you give a gift or make a sacrifice that's so overly grand that it's socially awkward, theological level and the social level, where and you know we've all been in in gatherings where the horn is passed and somebody makes a big big and like oath or tries to make a big oath that you know it's like oh no they're not it's that's don't do it right. You know, because making an oath is like making a sacrifice. Oh, those all challenge. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> what I'm trying to remember, there was a there was a story about a king, and it's it's one of the it's one of the people that it's one of the stories that people bring up that you know justifies everyone's belief that Odin is an oath breaker and stuff like that. And I'm forgetting it now, and I don't think it is, but it's about a king who makes a deal with Odin to win battles and and save himself from this from being wrecked on a ship and 
Odin, you know, he says he's going to tie himself up to the mast with his entrails or something, and instead he fakes it and uses rope to try and get a, around the the deal that he made. And Odin holds him to the letter of his oath. And it makes me wonder. I feel, I feel like an idiot. I should know this. Uh, I, I I think I know the one you're talking about. Okay. Where, where, where basically it went something along the lines of he he did basically a lottery. Yeah. It was, it was something like that along those lines where he he had this lottery of okay you know and we will send a brave person you know to Odin and they draw the lottery and the king's the one who who gets right, the last yeah. straw. Yes. And then he goes oh crap, crap. and tries <laughs> to fake it. Uh, yeah. And has his his men like stick him with with spears without yes. points. Yep, yeah. Yep. And they tie him with, you know, with, you know, rope, but not, you know, yeah, but loose around his neck or something like that. And he basically, yeah. And And trips and falls and the rope breaks. Yeah. yeah. The the rope hangs him anyway and the the sticks become spears and, you know, he dies horribly. And that may not, I think that talks to this topic of sacrifice because, like, the, 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 the fellow in that story was kind of playing with the, 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 the letter of what the letter of the law, but there's a spirit to it too. And trying to, I'm trying to bring this back to what like bloating in the modern con in our in a heathen modern heathen context means. Well that's like, a tough that's- call because I there there's certainly there there's plenty of saga references where the letter of the oath is absolutely adhered to, much more so than that's the spirit. That's true. Yeah. I'm thinking I, I forget which which saga it is, but there's a saga where a guy says, you know, I will be on the field, you know, until we reach victory. And the guy next to him goes, um, right. I'll be on the field as long as he's on the field. And the guy next to him goes, oh, yeah, I'm on the field as long as he's on the field. And, you know, it, and so it goes on down the line because everybody knows that, you know, big talker up front ain't going nowhere. And lo and behold, the battle happens. He turns tail and the whole army flees. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's interesting that we we talk about oaths and sac and and sacrifice in the same in this same context. I wonder what that means. I've always seen it an oath when you make something that severe does require a lot of sacrifice at some point. Yeah, I mean, I remember yeah, I when, when when I oath to tear, it was a, you know a sacrifice of a portion of my life that was a deliberate giving up of, and I think that's why it was apparently well received. Yep. You know, because it was a sacrifice as part of the oath. Well, and the very act of taking an oath implies that you are taking this a step further in the sense that I will hold to this oath despite what sacrifices may be necessary. Yep. So it's a step above your standard bloat sacrifice. Right. But by performing the rituals, by taking those words and laying them deep into the well of weird... By saying, okay, I do this at oath, on an oath ring, with the horn, you know, by by doing all that, every every one of those steps makes it that much more metaphysically relevant. That makes it that much more spiritually important and deep. That, And, of course, it doesn't hurt that one presumes that this is in front of the community of some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form that's going to hold you to that oath. And I think a... You know, a nice little side debate here as to whether or not those people get roped in in terms of their culpability, responsibility. But that's kind of getting slightly away from the sacrifice issue. (laughs) Perhaps next month we'll talk about oats. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 
So has anybody got any anecdotes of Big Sacrifice? <laughs> hmm. I'm happy to, to, to start it off on a uh, on an interesting point of not not exactly a great story, but a certainly an eye opener. Uh, at ECT uh, a couple years ago, we uh, we meaning me, me and the Kindred decided to do a the purpose of ECT would be having a box full of offerings of you know things that folks are sacrificing, and we decided well if we have a box we need to make a vey. Okay, so we basically had this nice little structure, and then we said well wait a minute. We have all this stuff for the gods. We need to guard it and make sure that people are doing the right stuff with this. So me and my kinsman, John, basically put ourselves in front of this vey and had this you know big box of stuff to be given to the gods. And then about an hour in, both him and I are looking at each other going, what were the hell were we thinking about this? <laughs> you know, who, who pointed us to be guardians for the, for the gods? I mean, if... You know, folks go raid the gods' stuff. You know, <laughs> what? You know, what? What are we really gonna do? Their their weird is is done and set. And by self-appointing us the guardians of Tears' stuff, we just were like, uh, we just sent a really bad and wrong message. And as a, an interesting point, there there were lots of other stuff that 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 happened behind the scenes that day. But when we had the big bloat where we're going to be giving up this box to to the gods, the, the weather for a long time said otherwise. And there was rain, and it was pouring, and we're like, there's no way we're going to send you know this box in a fire you know, with all this rain. And we're just like, well, clearly, if it isn't, the, the rain doesn't stop, then the gods don't want it. And that's our weird to suck up. But literally five minutes before the big tier ritual started, the clouds parted, Pretty almost literally, and we're like, okay, I guess we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Hoorah! And ritual occurred, everything went well, and lessons learned. That of when you do sacrifice, guess what? You you got to be aware that when you send stuff to the gods, it may not be received. <laughs> and yep. you know you got to be have the the insight and awareness that if the omens are no good, if there is something wrong then you got to man up and deal with it. Or give more, study more. Yeah, or figure out what the hell you did wrong. Right. Yep. Well, maybe the, I, was, I was just sort of thinking about an article I read by Swain Wodening, and he was talking about how he could see the, that bloating and sacrificing the way we do it is a, he, he calls it a kind of communion, you know, with the gods. It's this way of interacting and it's not a gift for a gift kind of thing, but there's all kinds of level of exchange going on. And that, that makes me think that maybe there's something, your story certainly seems to point to that with that you're being able to offer this box. You know, even after it was all the rain was crappy, but you know, you, you said, you know, you're going to keep this safe and then you're going to do this. And there was obviously some kind of communion, for lack of a better heathen word, that I'm not sure of. Or community building, or letting that grass not grow so tall. Well, here's the trick: is I I believe every bloat that is done, it mm -hmm. gives the the partakers of that bloat give. There there is a sacrifice certainly of time. Yeah. It's not you know we're not talking like ooh, grand sacrifice, right. but there is certainly you know words said over the horn. There's certainly mead or ale or you know some good stuff that is libated to the gods, 
and all, all that stuff basically comes out and and goes into in, into the well of weird. So that mm-hmm. that that stuff does come out, as opposed to say a a literal bloat where you have some sort of major sacrifice or cow and animal. You know th- those are real literal bloats like mm-hmm. the, they did in the old days. My two cents is th- those kind of actions. It's it's same thing as a bloat, but you are ramping up the the Steak. the luck, yeah, and ramping up the uh you know the the potency. And it's when you do that, you better damn well be sure you know what you're doing and do it well and right, because there is consequences. Hmm. I have, I have trouble with the, with what you say with consequences. Okay. Yeah, like consequences such as, such as like maybe. what God, Odin's going to say. Ah, uh-uh, you did that wrong, boy. You're going to you're going to I'm going to give it to you now, right? It's it's sort of the negative context of that, and that's that's not never been my relationship with Odin, and and so I, I guess wonder if that's a. I hear that a lot. I hear that oh, if you don't do it right, or you're not, you're going to get exactly what you want, and heaven help you, and and I just don't I don't see the. The, the relationship that, that I have with the gods is so antagonistic or so legalistic. You know, like, maybe it's my past Lutheran upbringing or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm polluted. I don't know. It's sort of complicated that way. But we are creatures of the Reformation. We can't help it. Like, that we're having this conversation at all. Like, <laughs> Here's the thing. Most people I know are not evil. They're not bad. They're not it's rare that most people try to be wrong. And to that vein, most people want to do the right thing and try to make that effort. So uh, as a result, I don't, most people don't have results that go really, really wrong and not knock on wood. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as long as most people keep their attention span up there and are watching and are careful, then, you know, the bad things aren't going to happen. I mean, we we figured it out just before that tear bloat of wow, you know, our, our you know mindset was not right here, and we fixed that. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't change our mindset, would have things have been different? I don't know. I, I do have two anecdotes of things go really, really wrong. Um, <laughs> with and in particular, I mean, if you have a bad bloat, I don't see Odin coming down and smiting people <laughs> left, right, and center. But uh, two anecdotes of things going bad were at literal bloats where people tried to do an animal sacrifice. One I'm aware of where folks did not raise the animal themselves. They basically bought a pig to be sacrificed. And surprise, surprise, natural consequences, the pig had no relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So at five minutes after they put the pig in the pen, the pig took off. (laughs) Smart pig. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So there goes the community of luck running away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they literally There's had no a, pigging out tonight. It happened this afternoon. And they literally had a pig scramble to try to get back <laughs> the luck they were going to send to the gods. Now, you know, they did eventually get the pig, but, uh, you it know, it wasn't like, pretty. There's a justice there that's just so, that's so excellent. You know? <laughs> and you know, the gods had a good laugh over that one. Yeah. And, and one hope, you know, that lesson was learned. The other one I've heard of where some guy tried to have a, a pig sacrifice and didn't know what they were doing or care and basically tried to kill the pig with a sword. 
Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't as funny to see it. I didn't see it, oh, but I, you know, one can only imagine. That this was not a swack, and you know, it was done. It was more like a hack, 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 hack. Well, maybe hacks. Yeah, at this poor screaming critter. Maybe then that's 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 a, what the point you're making me think of is maybe then sacrifice has to be done in a context. It needs. It can't be a ceremonial thing that you pull out of the drawer once a year or four times a year. It needs to be within a community that understands what's happening and it's for it to have real meaning. Otherwise, it's just it's just theater, and it has it, it's devoid of any kind of meaning. Well, so, and it also says to me that the uh, the sacrifice in and of itself, the theater, the, the immediate act of, say, you know, hacking this pig, isn't what's important, like uh, David said. What's important is the effort, the luck that mm-hmm. went into this. That's the sacrifice. So they didn't raise this pig. They had no vested interest in it. They had no yeah. time. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a real sacrifice. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd have to agree with that. Or maybe to and maybe to come at it from a different angle um, is that this is real. You know, it's not some mm. kind of play. It's not some mm-hmm. kind of game. It's not a recreated whatever. It's real stuff. Uh, and something very real with a capital R is happening. And when there's a range of people present or, or doing this, there's a range of understanding, possibly, that's going on about what's happening. And it isn't play acting. There's something very, very, very real going on. And if people don't understand that, it's very it's very problematic for them and that's, for everybody around, not to mention in the last case the pig. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, that's just I mean, that's just I mean, it's ugly, but it's just stupid. You know, people should at least try to engage their brains in what's going on as well as their hearts. That's brilliantly said. I, I agree with that totally. Yeah. Realer than real. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the difference than reading it in a book and going, okay, now, to increase my luck and to yeah. get myself right with the gods. I have to do this. And then, you know, you connect dots. And, and that's, you know, that's not faith. That's ceremonial magic, maybe, at, at worst. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's, it's a question it, of effort. Sorry. And by taking it inhumanely, they're probably damaging their luck. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yep. One would hope. <laughs> I mean, the, the amount of effort that needs to be put in there to make that go right the knowledge you know let, let's you know calculate it you got to know you know your critter anatomy you got to practice you got to get the tools you got to practice with the tools you got to keep the tools well sharp and right and you got to it takes many hours for something you know the, the bloat itself would half hour <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and and people can study for a year i'm well aware that there's a the jewish people have their laws of animal sacrifice and they study that stuff and make sure that and if they don't do it the ritual way then it's literally not kosher not that they're slaughtering too many pigs but you know (laughs) well i've seen hunters do this same kind of thing like there's a when they're when they're when they're butchering their their kills that they've made no there's they're not doing it in a in a way that well i can't speak for everyone but the ones I know and have talked to, they don't do it in a way that's disrespectful in any way. And they may not be seeing themselves 
making a sacrifice. But watching them work, you can see that you know their their body knows, or their you know their it's in their bones, or it's in the bone. And that's part of the actually having a relationship with yes. the animal. Well, my grandfather and father, uh, my mother actually also hunted deer when I was a kid. We always had venison, which was wonderful. Um, but there was, you know, there was a real respect, but they were, they also weren't unconnected with what was yes. going on, you know? Well, but again, you know, if, uh, if you are hunting the true way, you're sacrificing time, effort, yep. uh, you know, practice, uh, learning to shoot, learning to butcher an animal. And again, that's the connection. That's the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, yeah. the sacrifice is not the animal itself. The sacrifice is the time you put into doing this well. And you build that relationship in your inner. Exactly. The inner working of that, the event, and then the outer one where you're consuming the, the meat. And mm -hmm. so I can see a sacrifice of an animal that way as being meaningful. Or even, you know, if you if you if you're more into it's growing fruit and or, or crops and stuff, and the effort of doing that and the community that's built around that, it can be just as just as strong. But again, it's a it's not a thing you'd read out of a book like a recipe to make a cake. Like the gods know like what's valuable and what's cheap. Absolutely, and we we have a we're blessed by having one guy in our kindred who can brew like nobody's business and he makes the the most it, it's it is absolutely magical what he does he takes grain he takes all this crap you know throws water on it and makes just the most amazing delicious stuff and back in the day the ancients i'm sure were equally mystified of wow we take water that you know may be a little ucky and may not be the best stuff and we use our, you know, our magic spoon, which our ancestors have used, which has all the yeasty beasties in it, or even more primitive, they just spit in it and, you know, use those enzymes and they make awesome, drinkable, small beer. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a magic process. And when done right and well, it, it's awesome. Yeah, we're getting back to a number of things, though, you know, back to an overarching theme here in the sense that everything in our ancestors' day was a sacrifice. Making beer, making supper, uh, going out and getting the components for supper, either slaughtering a lamb or shooting a deer. It was all a sacrifice because you had to put considerable time, effort, and skill into doing it. You know, if, if you could not accurately shoot the animal in the right spot with your arrow, you weren't getting supper. So it was necessary. Sacrifice was necessary. And again, how much of that is necessary now? I mean, yeah. Well, the margins margins for error were so much smaller back then. Exactly. Yep. Well, now this changed too over time because you look at the sacrifices at the Temple of Uppsala, and even if the accounts are are only exaggerated, you know there was a corporate sacrificing going on. <laughs> Kings of Sweden were doing that that were far, like far in excess of what a farmer would do. So. I think there's a continuum of cultural understanding of what sacrificing meant. Yeah. And I think I think it's good what we're talking about because we're sort of trying to figure out what bloating and and this word sacrifice means in a modern heathen context. And it's I'm more interested in that than trying to recreate a like what the how the ancients sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Like 
I need to know how it how it fits into my life, or else it's just you know historical reenactment, and and I don't like horses that much anyway. So. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, I'd rather ride them than skin them and put them on poles. But that was an I you know that was a rich man's show of wealth, right? You can take all these horses and all these slaves that you captured and and put them to the sword and say, see, I can still do this, and I'm I'm powerful enough to be able to do this to give this to the gods and no one else can. So you should work for me. <laughs> it is absolutely one of my life quests before I die to have have horse meat. <laughs> Go to Iceland. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's a round trip ticket to Iceland, or else they'll scan you. But. <laughs> have you have we ever talked about luck i don't think so not yet I think no, that would no. be a really good thing to talk about because i see all these things revolving around like a person's luck absolutely and mm-hmm. oh. well like luck in terms of orlog or just luck in terms well, of like i tell my kids i say it's better to be lucky than rich and there's, I realized that, that that's pretty true. I'd rather be lucky than rich. And I think that the things you do, how build your orlog, and that's your luck. And there's, it's inter, the definitions move around, and and what you give up for your community increases your luck, or what you don't give up decreases your luck. Actually, I saw a fascinating study online that scientists, there, there were a group of scientists who actually tried to find lucky people. And they determined that, in fact, there are people who are luckier than others, and it is a trait that one can pick up. And effectively, what the lucky people were, were more observant. Mm -hmm. They found loose change because they were looking. (laughs) They found it. (laughs) and, And they were able to recognize those opportunities and took them. One of my uh, old favorite authors, uh, Morgan Llewellyn, in one of her books, talked about how luck was simply recognizing the ebb and flow of life. And so it was simply doing what you're good at, avoiding what you're bad at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that was just what determined luck. And paying attention. Yeah. It was just going with the flow. the, The Norse didn't see it that way. You know, I'm thinking luck in terms of a theological, like it, it's an it's output, an out, an outflowing of a, of a spiritual thing, not the, like the cycle. I agree with what you're saying, and it's probably true, but. Hmm. It's almost I, luck in the sense that it's a uh, karmic favor. Things just happen in your in in your favor because you're lucky. You know, I mean, it's it's not necessarily an observant. You know, like uh, what's the old story about? Uh, Leif Erikson was trying to go find a uh, find a, a new island away from Greenland, and on his way to go to the ship, his horse threw him, and he broke his leg or hurt his leg, and he said, "I'm not lucky enough to do this." <laughs> it's happenstance that came together, and it's it's you know, the yeah. scientific uh, study of luck makes it sound like it's partially in your control. Where I agree, I think the luck that our ancestors were were referring to as something that was out of their hands. It was yeah. just agreed. You know. Well, I think it'd be a good discussion for another. For Absolutely. A, I think it'd be quite excellent. Because <laughs> uh, it is better to be lucky than rich. If you're rich and but not I, lucky. But I think the ancestors attributed both of those together. 
it, that basically the analysis was, oh, the rich guy must be lucky. He clearly has power. He has Megan. He has might. He's got he's got the stuff. Would luck be considered not by us necessarily? I mean, not current concepts of it, but was it considered as a thing itself, as an entity, or was it it was it some kind of blessing of the gods, or was it something that the gods gave you? Like I'm trying to think understand whether it. The idea of, of what luck was, was it an, an actual thing, an entity of some sort, or something you could grab? Well, also, I mean, how much of luck is just plain subjective? I mean, I can think back, and some of the worst things that ever happened to me were also the, the quote-unquote luckiest, in that without the bad stuff, the good stuff wouldn't have happened. And so I can look back and say how lucky I've been that X, Y, and Z happened. But the exact same circumstances could have somebody else look back and say, oh, look how unlucky I was that ABC happened, even though it was the exact same events. There's no question that luck in, in the modern context is subjective. Okay. But I, I don't think from a historical perspective on back in the day, I think they really thought luck was Divine. a force was, you know, it, it came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yep. your family was lucky. Why was your family lucky? Because your dad had a lot of stuff and he gave it to you. I think it was l- looked at that way in, in this kind of deterministic kind of, well, if, if I failed, I'm unlucky. You know, as long as I keep, keep succeeding, I clearly have the favor of the gods. Now, in, in that context, though, are the gods subject to luck? Or do they deliver it? Do they, you know, meet it out? as they see fit, or are they subject to luck as well, making it a separate entity than them altogether? God, man. Well, luck was inherited. (laughs) There was certainly, like, people believed that luck was inherited. Like, Mm -hmm. like, so it was a property of a person. Mm. So So it was something intrinsic, something Mm -hmm. internal. Like, that family's lucky. They They have luck, and other people don't have luck. Or... But... I don't know how that ties into sacrifice, though, but it might be one of the outward manifestations of doing it right, that things go well. Well, I think we can certainly say by through sacrifice and through a good connection with the gods that you will be luckier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I point to the Lay of Hindala, yeah. where Freya is working to try to help out her guy, Otter. Yeah. And, you know, the very fact that Freya is going to other folks shows that there's limitations on what she can do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know looking to you know outsource and looking to get other people and folks and entities on to the, help out and, and intervene for folks with her favor mm-hmm. and actually we, we also got the opposite what what the hell's the story i think it's eggle in in eggle saga there's there's a guy who has the the ire of frey and frey says look uh, I, you know, this guy sucks. Wish I could remember the names. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing. Sounds like you're talking about Odysseus. <laughs> Frey ba- basically goes, I, I can't touch this guy until he he gets rid of his magic cloak. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the, na- the name of him. But ba- basically, the the god Frey says, can't help you until this guy loses his cloak, and then everything comes down on this guy. Right. I think I think it's an Eggle saga, if I'm not mistaken. 
Well, the modern equivalent of this is a mentor of mine was very fond of saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. Oh, I can tell my kids that. That's good. (laughs) And I think that applies across the board. I mean, I think your luck is, you know, all these factors sort of come together to be like, if you work hard enough, either more doors are going to open for you or you're going to force more doors open by sheer force of will. (laughs) Yeah, Leif Erickson, you know, Leif the Lucky. Never exactly home, you know, yep. doing nothing, right? He was yep. in the thick of it, right? So there have been plenty of athletes out there that even use this phrase, I make my own luck. Mm-hmm. Was that with or or without I am my own luck. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> yep. Is that anabolic luck? <laughs> Injectable luck. You, you grind up rabbit's feet, and that's like a performance enhancer. <laughs> yeah, if you're Mark McGuire... <laughs> and he took that stuff for health reasons. I saw him say that on, on, yeah, on yep. Took him long enough to admit it. <laughs> There's yeah. a guy not going to have a lot of good luck. Well, then again, his other actions may give him enough because he he did do has done a lot of charitable stuff too. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have to I have to go because my my beagle here is being very patient with me, but I can see he needs to go out so. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna drop off. So you thanks. you need to let go lest he do the same. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that wouldn't be lucky. No, no. <laughs> I don't like I don't like what kind of soccer. You're in luck. Me, so. so I'm glad you do this, uh, Dave. So thanks. No worries. Thanks okay. for showing up. Yep. Thanks we'll for coming. Okay. Bye bye. Well, anybody want some uh, last words? We still have. Plenty of time. Unless folks want to start wrapping it up. Well, let me let me pose this to you. I have a story that's uh, getting back a little bit to sacrifice. Um, we talked about how there's a gift for a gift and sort of a give and take between us and our gods and our sacrifices. Um, and you can maybe interject <coughs> luck into this or you can interject unmitigated, uncontrollable circumstances. About a year ago, a friend of mine uh, had been having some serious health problems, uh, back problems and whatnot, and she was going in for one final surgery, and it was killing me to see this person suffer um, like this. And so I thought the night before her surgery, I said, I'd make some sort of sacrifice, you know, and it was a last-minute thing. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even have any of my homebrew to sacrifice that I'd put some time in. So I said, well, I took the... uh, interpretation of bloat seriously and I didn't have any animals to sacrifice but I uh, took a little uh, uh, bit of my own and included it in the sacrifice and the next day the surgery went perfectly the doctor had said that uh, she uh, the surgery had, she'd never seen it go better All right, so I interpreted that okay this was good that sort of thing went fine um, you know this this went well right Three four months down the road, this individual did not do her uh, did not do her physical therapy, uh, did not do her follow up stuff uh, as well as she should, and she's all but immobile now. Mm. So, uh, you know what? Just throwing that out there, what 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 sort of implications does that imply? You know, I mean, you can sacrifice as much as you can of yourself, and yet these external things of luck of other people's attitudes, of just, you know, intangibles come into play. 
you know, where where does that leave us? Well, I, I think that we're the final arbiters of our own luck, and you know, as much as you were able to influence the situation with yours, mm-hmm. what you did, it was still her life, and she chose to be unlucky by right. not doing what she was supposed to do. You know, and that you may can... be a little oversimplistic, but well, no, it sounds about accurate to me, though. It's probably part of. I know that you were not putting that in. You were not doing that in the. I I think I know that you were not doing that in the context of magic. No, no, no. But so so I I understand that. But in terms of magic, you know, one can do magic for another person. You can do magic for Mm -hmm. somebody to get a job. But if they never bother to send out a resume. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> yep. You know, right. I mean, yep. the whole thing. Yep. I mean, truly. Um, so you did something excellent. I think you did. You know, you did what you could do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, she, for whatever reason, did not do the part that only she could do. You couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could do all that exercise or do all the other stuff around right. that. She didn't do her part, you know, but you you certainly did yours and then some, I think about it. But it, that it, as I said, I know that wasn't, in your context, that wasn't magic, but around the magic thing, you know, you really do have right. to go yeah. yep. that house, you know, yep. Yep. If, if you're doing the magic to get a new place to live. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I can't count on the amount of um, Wiccans and, you know, that, that ilk that I've known who burned all sorts of green candles looking for money and jobs and whatnot, but never... Never put out the resumes and never quite understood why their magic wasn't working. <laughs> or checked the want ads even. You know? yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. But yeah. but I will certainly you know politely disagree. I believe that was magic. Prayers are putting your potency, mm-hmm. your might, your I- intervening and and you know getting the gods' attention, mm-hmm. putting it out there. But after everything is said and done, herb vervandi and scald. It's, you know, the past right. is the past, yep. the present you have control over, but the future, mm-hmm. at best, it's what should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, if folks aren't doing what needs to be done, it's not going to happen. Yep. How, how are you going to help that guy who just robbed a bank? Um, get him a good lawyer? <laughs> you know, at, at that Trip point, him on his way out? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. you know yep. Yep. you're pretty well screwed at that point. Mm-hmm. And if folks don't do their homework and don't, as they say, you know, you're not going to get a job without getting out right. there. That's another thorny question in many settings. To go back a little bit, the difference between prayer and magic, mm-hmm. a devotional, you know, asking, bloating, you know, doing something to ask for the God's help and then doing magic and and there certainly are some settings which would put those very 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 far apart and other other ones blur the the lines so much that you just really can't tell but it's a pretty involved question i think yeah okay. that's another yep, topic entirely yeah I, i've spent many hours debating the, the difference between theurgy and thaumaturgy yep yeah, and my two cents is really not worth the debate <laughs> because it, my it's, two cents it, comes with a three cent coupon. It, it, yeah, I mean, basically, as long as you're getting, you know, the the ancestors really didn't, you know, stress over much about it. They just did stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, good things happen. And whether you want to label that luck or warlog or one of a ten other different words, it's a question of getting yourself out there, getting off your butt, and doing what needs to be done. To make things happen. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> I was going to have a much longer response to that, but I, think I agree probably just as well. <laughs> Harking back to the thaumaturgy and theurgy. <laughs> yeah, our, our ancestors, it, it, it's hysterically funny because the, the names that they gave stuff is, is just like, you know, it's a land spirit. Well, everything's a land spirit. <laughs> you know, it's a god. Well, okay, yeah, I guess it's not, you know, Joe. So, you know, it, it, it's a spiritual creature. So, okay, it, it's something. <laughs> but I think our ancestors... I think our ancestors thought about this a lot less, too. They were a lot more... Uh, or, excuse me, a lot less... Uh, uh, Worried. Yeah, worried and intellectual about it than we are. You know, I mean, I think they just sort of did it because, again, in the context, you know, right, you kind of did it or you died. You know, so. And they were, I think, a whole lot more concerned about the results, about the end effect. Exactly. You yes. know, if it's a spiritual thing, it's against us. Well, it must be a troll. You know, yep. it, yeah, it's a Jotun. It's a. Yep. It sucks. It's got to go away. <laughs> you know, let's start praying to Thor and deal with it. Do the land whites? Here's a big question. Um, I, is, it, is part of this a difference around names? I mean, is there's something about naming. I mean, you have a relationship with, always necessarily only have a relationship with something that you have a name to, but the gods, most of them have a name. So what, this most is another of topic. But, uh, you know, you don't usually hear about land whites having a name. Because I think you get the name when you get the relationship. Yeah, and that is such a personal okay. thing. Yes. I mean, is that thing in the ground Uncle Jim, or is it something else? Don't know. Yeah. Figure it out. And I think it's also something unique to our Norse Germanic ancestors, in that that wasn't the focus so much of their worship and of their lore. If you move over to the Celtic realm, they have many more names, as far yes. as as far yes. as I know, for this the land spirits and the water yeah. spirits and that sort of That's business. True. So it's a much more of a focus. They're much more nature centric though than we are. So um, actually, we have a lot of those names. If you read, uh, I'm trying to think whose book it is. Trolls. Kvaldov Gunderson. Gunderson. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more names. We just usually don't use them. Uh huh. Yeah, he he has a whole that that book's the book you want to go to if you want to okay. if you want to hit up the subject because he he basically does like a whole naming scheme of like okay if you know checklist <laughs> if it does this 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 it's this and if it does this this and this it's this but it's still not a personal name like Joe you know <laughs> or Thor for that matter because I think I'm I know there are different types but but I think that that's um, unless Thor is a name I wouldn't say this with my experience with Thor but unless Thor could be considered a name that refers to a bunch of things. It's not a category. It's an actual right. It's just point oh, of the, interaction. But in the lore, there are names for some of them. When you look at the dwarves mm-hmm. who created the weapons the and the gifts of the gods. Yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. But yeah, I agree. Not all of them are named. It's just, But it's like also, you don't know the guys down the road. You may... You may know your yep. direct neighbor. That's but, true. Uh, <laughs> yep. And if the entity you're talking to calls itself something like Jormungund or Fenris, that's probably <laughs> a bad sign. That would be a time to bail, I would think. <laughs> One would think that would be a good, good. indicator. Assuming uh, what you do you mean your name, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you know you have a problem when... <laughs> 
Well, on that note, I think I will hit the big red button and stop the recording. Unless anybody else has anything further to say? Mm-mm. No, sir. Nope.